Updog fella. Look good, feel good, play good. We got some new Adidas golf swag coming the fella's way. I don't know if any new golf swag would help your game, but, but I love it. Adidas is excited to introduce new offerings within the go-to apparel collection that allows you to bring your style to the golf course. Not the traditional golf uniform. Go-to brings a fresh attitude to the game wherever you play. You'll look good on and off the course while enjoying all the technical benefits that let you play your best. Featuring streetwear-inspired style, the go-to collection rewrites all the rules and encourages you to express your style through every swing. Explore the new go-to collection on adidas.com slash golf. Fella. I like long walks with my head up to the ring and they choke. Scoring. Uh. I'm a maniac. Two brace to the back. Get a playoffs pack. At your name forever because you don't know when you Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a fresh new episode of Missing Curfew. I'm Shane O'Brien coming to you from Hall Pass Media in beautiful Newport Beach. And I am Scotty Upshaw all the way up in the mountains in the Rockies, boys. I'm in Aspen. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Obi, you look good. You look like a tender in net there, fella. I know, right? And boys, it's Broadway here on the East Coast. I'm down in Cape Cod in Hyannis at uh, my sister Justine's house. You know, just had a nice little 4th of July in the Cape like all us New Englanders do. Wow, we got our surrounded boys. We got another great uh, another great episode of Missing Curfew. We're going to talk a little July 4th. DraftKings, our boys at DraftKings sponsoring the hot dog eating contest. <laughs> Best American-born player for the 4th of July. Brett Hall, the new TikTok guy, Josh Richards, Fox winning the Norse, and much, much more. Updog, what's up, baby? How was the fourth? Fella, fella. That's good, man. I Man, I've been working out a ton up here. Uh, I danced a lot over the weekend. Oops, you would have been pretty happy. I had the fucking dancing boots on. Um, been spending a lot of time outside with Izzy. Uh, she's she's quite the uh, little wilderness creature, man. She loves the trees. She loves the mountains. She's actually on a gondola right now with our uh, babysitter. So um, we're taking it all in. But a great weekend. Uh, you know, July 4th here in Aspen is actually really, really fun. Um, kids everywhere. Uh, you know, uh, the out in the field here. I'm actually staying. So our boy Evan Napobes, I got to shout out to him for, for letting us use this beautiful condo here, two-bedroom condo right downtown. Um, so we walk out the door. There's flags everywhere. All the kids are happy. Um, everyone's drinking on the streets, everyone's on their bikes. So, uh, a really good weekend here. And then the adults had a little fun after we did a little, uh, a little party out in the side of a mountain as the sun came down, you know, the DJ got good. All the tunes were just rocking. We had the drinks going uh, a little extracurricular activity there. So we were all having fun, but a good weekend here up in the mountains, boys, Jimmy scoops. How about out there? What was going on out there? Uh, it was it was a great weekend here. The only thing that stunk was there was a lot of rain, a lot of rain going in and out. So it actually dropped to like 65 degrees, 70 degrees. So Uppy, when you were sending those vids on Instagram, riding the bike through the mountains, I was pretty jealous. But I got my one round in at golf and, you know, it was fun. I ended up beating my uh, brother-in-law for about 300 bucks. So get get that wall a little fatter. There was a little rain on the East Coast. Huh? Those That beauty, Mackel and Lupo, I go over there Friday after golf to hang out with them, and they're like, we're watching the hockey game. They're like, yeah, we're jumping on the red eye to fucking New York here at midnight or 11. I'm like, what? So they jumped on the bird there, and then I guess they got to the Hamptons. It was raining, and I'm like, that's why you don't leave Cali, boys. You don't fucking leave Cali. No, <laughs> yeah, that's no, tough, yeah. No, hey? Do not. It was a what? tough weekend to be in New England. What about the fireworks, boys? Did, did, did there's some sick fire? Oppie, I'm telling you, if you're in Newport Beach next year, 
to Big Canyon Country Club, man. I don't know what they spent up. You know they're not scared to spend money there. I bet you they spent $100,000 <laughs> on their fucking fireworks. They had this thing outside the f- first tee box that was like, just lighting these shit fucking everywhere. It was unbelievable, Uppy. Nice, nice. And then yeah. I'm sure on the beach, uh, you know, we had flowers staying down at Loopal's pad there while Loops was gone. Oh, I'm my sure, God. I'm sure there was. I, I used to love that about Newport. You know, the Loopal July 4th party was all time for probably 10 years in a row, Obes. Um, but the fireworks, just hearing them go off. And remember the time Loops got actually caught by the cops going out there, I just do. pinned, trying to light the fireworks. I do. <laughs> Basically, just he caught turns around. Right he's like, you got me. But he, but he still lit them anyway, like, right? It's like, whatever. Um, Call but yeah, lots hand. of fireworks. Actually, up here too, boys, there was no fireworks. There's a fire ban up here in the mountains. Things things wow. a little dry, maybe a couple forest fires around. So you always got to be careful with that. But, um, you know, there's nothing better than, you know, July 4th in the U.S. and Canada Day in Canada. Uh, just a nice time to get out there and drink some beers outside with your boys. Oh, Fuck yeah. We had to actually, well where I was, we're on an island. And they had uh, one side of the island versus the other side. So it was... It was a good showing for about 25 minutes. And I, I was on I was on the side of the island at one. So shout out. So I think his name was Mr. McCarthy. He, got, he had a good, pretty good show on for the, for the kids and everyone that was there. Never been to the Cape. Spent a little time in Nantucket. I tell you what, that Nantucket's a good spot. But maybe we'll get up to the Cape next summer, Broadway. Yeah, I would love to have you guys over here. We got some, I was telling you before, we got some sick tracks down here. So you guys bring your clubs and we'll tee it up properly, well, National League style. Boys are fucking good friends at DraftKings. It seems like every time I turn on a television, if it's a UFC fight, a hockey game, a basketball game, fucking cornhole on ESPN, it doesn't matter what it is, DraftKings is sponsoring it. And I didn't watch this live, but the fucking hot dog eating contest, boys. Joey Chestnut, 76 dogs. I mean, from a guy who likes to bang (laughs) down a dog, that is impressive work. Did you catch that up, dog? I caught it because it was flying around our group text. I just... (laughs) Man, I love a good brat. I love a good dog. I'm always crushing one. Obi knows this, but if I have a bad front nine at Big Canyon, I go in and I have the half dog, and then it's fucking heads up, boys, because I usually just light it up on the back. But <laughs> That's when true. I sit there and that is true. When I sit there, Obes, and I see these guys just fire back these things just one timer after one timer, <laughs> it puts me in a little uncomfortable spot because I just don't know how it's coming out. I know how they're going. Oh, in. I can see it. It's but coming I don't know out. How they're coming out. It's boys. coming out. Fucking. It. It's coming out. Squirty is how it's coming out. But how about when they just they just dunk the bun right in the water? Hey, eh? dunk the bun in the water. Hammer it down. I'm like throw a little catchy on there or something. A little mustard, baby. Hey, how about how about Joey Chestnut? The pace that he started. The over under was eleven dogs in the first minute, and that guy wolfed down twelve pork missiles in one minute. So that pace is insane. That's on a hundred and twenty dog pace. Yeah, it's crazy. I love how they gave him the belt and everything. Hey, he's got the belt up. Like I'm like, geez, man, I don't know if to be proud of that or not too proud of that. But you speak of our group text, Uppy. I was I was taking a little heat, Broadway. You'll love this. You're a good Boston guy. When I was playing in Portland, Maine, my last year in the minors, that summer I stayed in Old Orchard Beach, so I went to Fenway for the first time. And obviously, I was like, I got to get a Fenway Frank. And they're just like little yeah. two biters, right, Broadway? Yeah, but I was going up. I was going back. I, I was going to beer and inning, and I was going by myself to grab the beer. So every time I grabbed a beer, I grabbed a dog. I had, I had seven hot dogs and nine beers at the fucking Fenway Park. My first time. <laughs> let's just. Oh man. Let's just say the walk. And they probably went like, out for. They went out for a couple. Uh, you know, a couple cups of. Uh, you know, some good New England chowder after. No, I, wash it down. I I went right home, man. I went right home after the game. Up, and I was I was paying the price. So, 
Um, to Joy Chestnut, congratulations. DraftKings, you guys are awesome, man. I see you guys everywhere. We appreciate your help here and uh, everything you do. Obviously, July 4th, uh, first of all, boys, some sad news coming out of Columbus. Um, I mean, when I heard it, Uppy, you know, we were texting in the morning. As an NHL player sometimes, and I mean, you did it, Uppy. You know, you feel, invis- you feel invincible, right? You're in great shape. You're making lots of money. You fucking, you know, there's probably times we put ourselves in situations that weren't the smartest. But this was a terrible accident. Uh, our thoughts and prayers grow to uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets and, and obviously uh, the poor guy's family, right, Uppy? Obi, it's a terrible thing. It makes you feel like you... You lose one of your brothers as as NHL alumni, and and you know us not leaving the game for for that long. It's uh, you, we both have never played with with this gentleman, but it's um, uh, it makes you feel like it's one of your boys. And and to be in a at a situation where you're hanging around your friends, everyone's having a good time, and then such a crazy accident happened, and we we all don't really know the situation, but um, you just feel for the family, you feel for the friends, you feel for the people that were there, and. Uh, you know, time heals this sort of thing. But, uh, you know, when, when something like this happens to an NHL player, boys, it's like you lose a brother and, yeah. and we're all there for, for each other. We're, we're part of a tight group being in, in the NHL like we were. And moving forward, you know, you just got to continue to help each other. And, and this is one of those things. This is one of those things. Yeah, it's, it's, it's horrible to see. And then you get to see the reactions from a guy like uh, Nick Foligno. You know, the kid was a young Young up and coming goalie who he only had a short NHL career, but just the presence he had around the room, he seemed like one of those guys that had a smile on his face and a fun guy to be around. So, like you guys said, it's it hit home, and you just feel for the Columbus Blue Jackets and this uh, gentleman's family. Yeah, well said, boy. So our thoughts and prayers are with his family and the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, Broadway, you're a good American boy. Obviously, July Fourth weekend just passed, and through um, you know through some social media and stuff, there was. Some stuff about the best American-born player of all time, and I just thought you know it'd be a good thing to talk about here. So, you're our you're our American-born player. Who who, in your opinion, is the best uh, you best U.S.-born player ever, buddy? Uh, there's a there's a, a lot of names that come to mind. Like big Keith Kachuk is up there. Yeah, but I'm probably gonna have to go with Brian Leach. He's a Boston College guy, a Connecticut guy. You know, defenseman. He's won a couple Norrises. He actually gave out the Norris this year to Adam Fox who ended up winning it. But I think Brian Leach is uh, one of the names. If you ask many Americans, who's the best player, it's got to be Brian Leach. I played against Brian Leach. So that's, <laughs> it's pretty badass. To, yeah. I mean, and then I had beers with him before Obi, before we went to the Pearl Jam show at Fenway. Yes. Uh, I had beers with him at that bar right across the street, up on the rooftop. I forget the name of the bar, but it was B big, sexy baseball, uh, Beast, tavern. Matteo. Yeah. Baseball tavern right on the roof. Yep. Just jam packed and everyone's ready to rock for the Pearl Jam show. And he was just so cool and down to earth. So I like that pick, Jimmy. I like that pick. But if I'm up next, Obes, I'm going to say, um, because I think this kid still brings it and still has a lot more to give. Patrick Kane to me, number 88, has set, has set the bar for American born players. Um, you see all these young kids come, you know, come up now through the system and through the draft and, you guys, even like Austin Matthews, like I, I look at Austin Matthews, the way he where weighs his, or sorry, the way he, the way he wears his fucking skates, his stick, it's all Patrick Kane esque to me. And the guy, the kids controlled the game. He's won three cups. Jimmy Scoops, he's, he showed you how to be a pro. He sure um, did. To, sure to me, to me, he's the best uh, American born player that that has played, and he's still rocking. So, you know, the sky's the limit for this kid. He still might win another couple cups. Who knows? 
Falk up dog. I think I think eventually he's well. He will be the leading scorer all time for American born players. Hall. It's it's Brett Hall right now. Eh, Hazy at thirteen ninety one. Is that right? That sounds right. But yeah. Kane, like I think we. He's on. He's on his way to to break. Kane it. is on his. Kane is on. Seasons. Kane is on his way to break it. For me, when I think of American born players, it's Mikey Moe for me, man. Just his style, his hair, the way his jersey used to tuck in the side, his old skates, um, sick golfer. So for me, when I look at American born players, it's Mikey Medano. But uh, Updog, you could be right. It could be Patty Kane eventually with points, but. Uh, Phil Housley, Jeremy Roenick, Keith DeChuck, Dougie Waite, Pat LaFontaine. I mean, Chelly. There's there's so many good American-born players, Hazy, that you, that you forget how good um, those guys were back in the day. Some hard-nosed guys you named there, too. Those yeah. guys, Some of those guys played the game hard, man. Chris and that's to, be, that's to be taken into fucking account, I think. But I agree. Patrick Kane, he's he's the dazzler out there, boys. He does shit that... He, he invests. He's the NFT type of player that the NHL is looking for because he's invented moves, you know, spinoramas and, you know, backhand cheese coming down the wall. Like the kids just kind of done it all. I, I love it. And those shootout goals that he had. Remember those goals he was scoring? He was putting goalies in fucking blenders. Yeah. <laughs> our boy, our boy, Eddie Olchuk, 22 on the list, 794 points. How good is Eddie O at calling a fucking game, by the way? Like when the they when, when they substitute Pierre Maguire in there and take Enzo out, I'm like, Uncle, come on, no disrespect to Pierre, <laughs> but Enzo calls a nice match, doesn't he? Like he calls a real nice match. Yeah, nice. he's got that great voice too. Like his, I, I just love the way his voice. Like uh, Doc Emmerich was another guy. That's why they, I think Eddie and Doc are the voice of the NHL video game. So that just goes to show you how powerful they are in that world. They did, Boys, cool. did you guys see last night in the first first intermission the Doc Emmerich? Yeah, uh, I was just thing gonna, on NBC Sports. I was just going to say that it yeah. was incredible. It was yeah. it was so touching and moving, and they they went into you know um, it was just it was nice to just see the voice and the way that the game has changed on TV over the course of the last you know ten or fifteen years on NBC Sports, and you know maybe that's just a we always kind of rip on NBC, and I think they've changed you know Eddie Olchuk getting a lot more time during these games to speak on plays rather than it be Pierre Maguire and, and no offense to Pierre, but Eddie just doesn't waste words. He's got enthusiasm. Uh, he's, you know, he speaks it like a player to me. Yeah. Um, and, and then, but just to see like, you know, the way that the game changed in between the whistle, uh, in between the glass, like that, that position, um, you know, the outdoor game, you know, NBC was, was a big part of that. And Doc Emmerich was, was the best of the best. So that was, that was a nice touching thing that they did for him on NBC last night. Yeah, no, and I agree with that, Ups. Like, NBC did their part. Like, they they helped the league come back after the lockout. The, the Olympics were huge when Canada and USA played in the finals in Vancouver. They did a great job. I just think now, Elvis, it's time for a change. So, uh, but well said, Doc. You're a legend. You are still missed. Uh, boys, another little thing, little fun thing on social media this week. I forget who started it, but it was maybe somebody on Sportsnet or whatever. Brett Hall, how he jumped ship from Canada to play for the USA Hazy, is he fucking American? Is he Canadian? I know he played for Team SJ. What are your thoughts on this? It was just a lot of people were going back and forth about it. Well, I know he's American and played and played for the U.S. team, but, but born in we Canada. were laughing because but, but I was laughing before because sitting there talking, I was like, "Up, are you sure? I thought he was Canadian." <laughs> so yeah, to yeah, me, yeah. Brett Hall yeah. is a Canadian. I hate to admit that, but I don't know. He, he might have been. Uh, might have been outmatched. I mean, this guy's obviously a legend hockey player, but probably was a little bit easier to make Team USA back in the day than it was to make Team Canada. Boys, Brett Hall is a fucking legend. Like, he, he's been in the ring at, like, you know, the fucking um, WWE, like, 
<laughs> Royal Rumble. He's literally been in the ring. For, so maybe in order to get his visa to be like a wrestler, he had to like be an American. Who knows? <laughs> I think it was probably a situation where he's such a big personality. Um, yeah, as we all know, Brett Hall is the best, you know, one liner. We got to get him on the pod. Obviously, he's probably the funniest fucking character of all time. Fuck but funny. he probably wants a little PP time. And he's, you know, competing with, you know, Gretzky, Lemieux, uh, you know, these guys. And he's probably like, you know what? Fuck these guys. I'm going to go play with the American team. I got my dual citizenship. So up down one knee. Uh, totally. And and to me, yeah, it was a spot. I look at Brett Hall. I see him in an American jersey. I just, I do. And then, but I see his old man on a, in a Canadian jersey. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. To me, it's a unique thing. It, it hasn't really happened much, I don't think, lately. But you probably will see it. There's so many good players now that probably have the parents that are, you know, Canadian or but they're born here and they could probably go both ways given, you know, the fact that they can't make the Canadian Olympic team and they want to make the American one or something like that. I mean, who knows? But it's like the Ryan, it's like Ryan Yip trying to play for China in, in the Olympics, right? He's <laughs> fucking American. Or Brandon, yeah, so far, 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 far. Ryan Yip was this golfer I used to play against. I'm like, who the fuck kid. is He's actually Ryan? really fucking good. Who is Ryan Yip? <laughs> Brandon Yip. Ryan Yip, he's a sick golfer back in the day, this kid. So is Yip. Anyway. Halsey's a beauty. I mean, at Garza Ranch, when he came out and said, hey, I'm Shaw. Way to do the moon. Didn't walk out of there. That's hilarious. But Berard tells a great story. <laughs> Berard's book, by the way, I finished Berard's book last week. It's a great book. Relentless. You guys should read it. But he talks about Halsey, how Halsey's like, hey, kid. He was a young kid on the Olympic team. He's like, come past me one-timers. So Berard's like, I was all nervous. So I go over there, pass him one-timers. He's like, where do you want it? Halsey's like, buddy. I'm Brett Hall. You can pass it anywhere you want. I'll get it. Like, don't worry. Just slide him over. So um, it's a great debate. Born in Canada. Great American player. But um, so happy July 4th to everyone out there. It was a great weekend. Um, felt normal again, didn't it, boys? Felt normal. Fireworks. No masks. Felt normal. So that's a good thing. Uh, boys. We're back. Big news from the NHL. We talk about, Uppy always says, make hockey cool again. We talk about ESPN, TNT, you know, wanting to make this game more fun for everyone. Josh Richards is a Canadian guy. I believe he's from Toronto. Um, yeah, he big, is. Big TikTok guy. He has 25 and a half million TikTok followers. The NHL has hired him as a voice of the fans. Now, there was what I saw on social media, social media, sorry, different reactions. Some of the older school people didn't like it. I personally think it's nothing but good things for the game. What are your thoughts on this? Updog, we'll start with you. I mean, you're a big social media guy. What do you think? I know TikTok is the way of the new world. I, I don't have it yet, but people who have it, even older people are like, I just go on there and I'm just lost in these videos. It's just, it's addicting. And it's fucking the, the way it's, it's changed social media. It's, it's changed from Instagram to Twitter and whatever. Personally, yeah, I've seen the kid. I've seen him on, you know, Good I've seen him kid. on Barstool before. Um, I think he's got a big personality. He obviously has the following to me. It doesn't hurt to bring young Gen Z kids into the realm of the NHL. And, and our game is forever changing. We're trying to bring more youth into it. We're trying to expand into, you know, inner cities and, and smaller pockets of towns to just bring more kids into the game. So kids follow this kid on, on TikTok. They love him. Yeah. So to me, it's perfect. Great job, NHL. You know, spend money where it's going to add value to our brand. And I think that this does. Yeah, I, I'll be, I agree. I think it's a, a genius move by the NHL, but I want to know what type of contract they gave this kid because he's going to be demanding big dough because he has the brand. He's got the market for it. But like you say, expanding the game, you're not going to lose the fans that are already fans, the older people, and just getting more younger kids involved in hockey. 
this is probably the biggest personality to do it. And, you know, he's from Toronto. He's been a Maple Leafs fan, he said. So he know. I feel like he probably knows the game. And, you know what, maybe – I got, I'm on TikTok. I haven't made any videos. So if he wants to reach out, we can collab here and I'll get my TikTok following going for this guy. I actually reached out. I mean, this kid does some damage, boys, too. Have you seen some of the chicks this guy? I was going to say. Oh, yeah. my who's, God. Who's he thumping? He's thumping everybody. <laughs> everybody. I mean, Rockets. Rockets. So I think I fucking DM him from our, from our missing curfew account. I was like, I looked at, he's got like 20 million. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? I'm like, this guy's not going to answer a direct message from missing curfew. But um, I think it's great, too, boys. I think... You know, if anything to bring people that don't know anything about the NHL, if this guy, a good Canadian kid, if you don't like TikTok, whatever, but if he can get younger guys, different eyeballs on the game, now that it's back on ESPN and TNT, I think it's a no-brainer. So uh, congrats to him and good on the NHL for, you know, like Uppy said, making hockey cool again. So, um, And I love how you call him a good Canadian kid. That's a Don Cherry phrase right there. Yeah. A good Canadian yeah. kid. That's well, a Don I, Cherry phrase. I, I may, Speaking uh, of Don Cherry... What would Don Cherry say about this kid? (laughs) I'd love to hear his view on this. Well, hey, my boy Bruce, shout out to Bruce Bolton. Brucey at Angel Sears XM. I got Don Cherry's phone number in my fucking phone right now. And obviously he doesn't have a cell phone. So Brucey's like, you got to call him and you got to leave a message. And I'm like, how good is his voicemail? Imagine, like, hey, hey, you've reached Don Cherry here. Right? You hear the beep, leave a message. <laughs> hey, beauty. Hey, I'm like, I'm going to get drunk one night, just call him. And hopefully he doesn't answer. I'm like, Grapes, it's Obes. Uh, uh, but yeah, I'll be, I, don't think, I don't think Grapes would be a big TikTok guy, would he? No, I don't think so. But fuck, who knows? We got to ask him. Maybe his TikTok game would be fucking just like his, his intermission game. Who knows? <laughs> You know who does a you know who does a great Don Cherry is fucking our boy Rick Rally. He can do a great Don Cherry impression. Oh. You ever seen it on his Instagram? That guy's. Oh yeah. Did you see what he did? Dyed his beard blue. Uh, dyed his uh, beard blue. He's wearing a Tampa jersey. I'm like, this guy's fucked. So, um. Anyways, boys. Uh the Norris Trophy was handed out last week. Um, Hazy, let's start with you. Adam Fox won the Norris Trophy. Uh, no disrespect to him. Our buddy C Note Cody Libel loves Fox. Called it. Text me right after saying he should have won it hands down. My question to you, Broadway, is does it matter that his team didn't make the playoffs? Not his fault. Would have you voted for him if you had a vote? See, I, when we were talking about before, we've kind of given our opinions on who we thought should be in the conversation. I 100% agree he should have been in the conversation, but I do not think he should have won the award. I think this is a Victor Hedman award. He's, he's, he's on the best team. He's been the best defenseman in the league. Adam Fox, I mean, his team made a great push at the end, and this could be maybe why we need more teams in the playoffs. But the New York Rangers missed the playoffs. Their stats are almost identical with Hedman and um, Adam Fox. But, I mean, I was really surprised to see that Adam Fox won it. But he he is uh, he's going to be a hell of a player for a long time. He, he, he knows how to run a power play, and it's just, he's just all offensive numbers. Like, Hedman, to me, does it all. He kills penalties, power play, and he puts up numbers. Yeah, I think for the old school hockey guy, this situation kind of maybe doesn't sit well. And Obes, I would consider you and me maybe old school when we think of like how these awards are given out. Fucking right. Should there be two awards? But, you know, for me, I played against Nicholas Lidstrom. Obes, so did you. This is the way you think of a Norris Trophy, a guy that plays so many minutes. He's on a championship team and year after year. uh, He helps his team get better, plays well on both sides of the puck and changes the game. Now, I kind of like this situation a little bit where, where Adam Fox wins because it proves that anyone can just have a really good year and win a trophy. It doesn't yeah. need to be like you don't need to be this this really big, big quality name 
on a championship team. You could just have the best, you know, offensive year. You put up good plus minus, so it proves you're a good two-way defenseman. You play penalty kill. And then all of a sudden you're you're winning the Norris Trophy. And that 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 to me will trickle down to like younger players and realize that, hey, you know, even though there's really crazy superstars in this league, I could have a chance to win one of these trophies if I have a good year. Um, now, he did have a good year and he's a great player, but his team didn't make the playoffs. I think that should have, you know, a, a defenseman should be on a team where their team makes the playoffs to me. Um, now, you know, moving forward, I think Hedman is, is by far the best defenseman in the league he has been for four or five years um he's uh, you know i think deep down he's probably playing injured too right now and throughout the course of this year he's played a lot of hockey a lot of hockey in the last 12 months so to me that was that was my pick but um you know congrats to adam fox it's a, it's a hell of an honor and, and a great trophy to win yeah no disrespect to adam fox he's gonna be a great player and a great year i mean this is just they got this one wrong in my opinion this is typical New York press, right? I mean, I don't know who gets the votes. A lot of it's on the East Coast. He plays for the New York Rangers, and that's why he won it. For me, it's Victor Hedman. And before Adam Fox, it's Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr, I know he got injured, but this team won the President's Trophy. I think he should have won it before Adam Fox. And if you ask 32 GMs now with Seattle who they would take with the first pick if they could pick a defenseman, we all know it would be Victor Hedman. So it's no disrespect to Adam Fox. He had a great year. In my opinion, it was Hedman. And in my opinion, also, I would have taken McCarr before Adam Fox. I thought he had a better year than him just because of where his team finished in the standings and how important he was to that team up dog. Yeah, agreed. I'll be well said. I, yeah. Kale Mc, I am the biggest Kale McCarr fan. I think he's fucking, he fucks daily. I don't know what he's doing this summer. I hope he's doing a lot of thumping. But listen, he's going to win. He's going to be the new Mr. Norris, as far as my, in, in my opinion, from from now for the next 20 years. It's it's Kale McCarr's trophy to lose year after year. And uh, let's just hope that the Colorado Avalanche keep that team together because they're, they're a wagon. Yeah, so congratulations, Adam Fox. No disrespect to him. Better year than I ever had in the NHL times a million. But you got it wrong, whoever voted. Tighten it up, whoever's voting out there. Tighten it up. <laughs> Give um, us a fucking vote. Speak about tightening it up. Tyson Berry, Bears led the NHL oh. defenseman scoring. Doesn't get one vote for the Norris. That's a joke. But anyways, my question to you, and Chris Pronger bought, brought this up. I think it was on our podcast last year. He thinks there could be two awards, an offensive award for defenseman and a defensive award for defenseman. And I think it's maybe something we should look into because Broadway scoring is so important now in the NHL and offensive defensemen jump in the play. Every team needs it. Do you think moving forward it's something the NHL should look at, an offensive defenseman award, and then just maybe the typical Norris trophy for the all-around defenseman or defensive defenseman maybe? Yeah, I, I do agree because like those conversations we've having here, it's the numbers, the guys that have the most points are the guys that are up there. And then you got a guy like Tyson Berry who has a career year and great year to have a career year on a contract year, and he gets zero votes. I think that he should be rewarded and recognized for what he did because what he did was really, really impressive. But the NHL moving forward, I mean, it doesn't hurt to add another award in there, and they could probably figure out a name or a guy who – I don't know. Who would you guys want to name the award after? Maybe a Bobby Orr yeah, award? 100%. I was just going to bring that up. It should and, be the fucking Bobby Orr, Bobby Orr award for most most dynamic defenseman. Yes. That, because there's guys out there, and like there's years where Eric, uh, Eric Carlson won the Norris, but he was also dashed like 20. So how is the best defensive defenseman winning the award when he's that minus? But, I mean, I think they really do need to be recognized when they're putting up numbers like these guys are. 
I agree. And I had this conversation with Cools yesterday about renaming all the awards, right? Because we have the cool, like the trophies are so cool in the NHL. Like I remember going to Factor Stanley Cup party, seeing the Conn Smythe and the Western Conference Trophy and the Stanley Cup, and then the Hart Trophy is cool. They're all cool, but is it time we rename them? You know, not the Hart. Maybe we call it the Wayne Gretzky Award and the Norris, the Bobby Orr. Like, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Just kind of a new, fresh look for the NHL, maybe. Yeah, it will be. I think it's a great time. I think it's a great time, especially with new ESPN, with with TNT. You know, they could do a full event party to change that, bring these guys in while they're still alive yeah. um, and and completely, you know, just revamp it. It's a fresh face. And and there's no offense to the to the Norris and the, and the hearts and, and, you know, the uh, all Call of the trophies, yeah. basically <laughs> these guys, these guys. The Jack, Adams. The the Jack Adams. Who the fuck is Jack Adams? Who is Jack Adams? It should be the Scotty Bowman Award. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. like that. There you 100%. go. Yeah. Yes. The William Bowman, William Bowman Award. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I agree. William Scotty, fuck it, eh? Yeah, wow. totally. Broadway, what are your thoughts yeah, on that? I, yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. I mean, I'm part of like that uh, new school generation, that, and like these kids are, they're gonna be winning these awards. And I'm not, there's like, there's no offense to the award already. Like these guys are a hell of a players, but there's been people over time that have won these awards over and over again. And they should be recognized and there's nothing wrong with change. And I feel like that uh, the NHL would uh, thrive off this. And like I said, right now, right now is the opportunity to do it with all the change going on in, in the NHL. I agree, boys. And to Tyson Berry, great year. Like you said, Scoopsy, way to time it perfect on a UFA year. Hopefully the flat cap doesn't, doesn't hurt Bears because he took a one-year deal last year. Bet on himself, led the league in D scoring. So good luck to him in UFA season. Broadway, uh, your former captain, Jonathan Taves, returned to the ice. He had chronic immune response syndrome. So basically, I heard his interview like he just couldn't recover. Like every time he yeah. worked out or skated, and you boys know, like, you know, you get near the end of the summer or whatever. If your body's not feeling good, the last thing you want to do is go to training camp. But anyways, how good was it to see him back on the ice? He looks like a good shape. I can't believe how many guys were fucking skating in June. I know. I, I mean, I guess the season starts in October. I don't know. What were your thoughts on seeing him back out there? I, I love seeing him back because I got to play in Chicago for basically a cup of coffee. It was over two and a half years, but I was up and down with them. And he is he's he's like the heartbeat of that locker room. So that's huge for the Blackhawks moving forward as well, because now you're going to get Jonathan Taves back. He looks healthy. He's going to be ready to go. And a guy like him, it's almost like Kucherov takes the year off and he comes out in the playoffs and is just the best player on the ice. I think Jonathan Taves can bounce back and have an unbelievable year. And the Chicago Blackhawks, that's going to help them moving forward. Because now they can move some pieces. You don't have to go out and possibly get, I mean, granted he's getting older, but you're going to get a future Hall of Famer back in your lineup. Yeah, I think it was the perfect, you know, I know he dealt with it with, with this syndrome and this situation this year was so hard for so many guys, especially guys that have been around, you know, the game for so long and, and, you know, just everything, everything around the NHL this year was hard. And we know guys in the league, Obi, you talk to guys that we know, and we don't need to mention names, but this season sucked for them. It, it was impossible. So, you know, and dealing with your family and COVID and not being around them and, and, and all this stuff. And, and then, you know, for Taves on top of that, to, you know, to find out that you're dealing with this, with this syndrome and, and trying to, you know, get your mind right. Um, it, that video was touching. And, and it's nice to know that, you know, he put himself, he just didn't pressure himself to go play. He said, I got to take this year off. It's a reset for me. I got to get healthy. It's too bad, you know, and there's not enough guys 
with, you know, the ability to do that, unfortunately, like a lot of guys, Jimmy, you or me probably, we would have never found out. We would have had this, we would have been done. We would have actually probably said, fuck, I'm dealing with this, but I'm going to try to do it um, and not be able to reset. But I think it's a great thing for our game. He's been a, a, you know, a face of Canadian hockey, a face of the Chicago organization, winning those cups, which is a dynasty, you know, three cups and, and it's nice to have him back in the game. Hockey's better when when Taves is is a Chicago Blackhawk captain, and you know they got a good young team there. And I think that's a that's a sign of good things to come. So happy he's back on the right track and and back on the ice. I think it's great. I, I agree. I'll be, it was nice to see him back out there. And I think first of all, listen, I, I hated what the Blackhawks did those years. I was they, they beat me out two years in a row. I hated Taves. I used to chirp. I'd be like, "Have a fucking beer with the boys, bud." Quit being such a nerd, and he'd be like, "Quit being such a cancer, old Brian." I was like, "Oh, that's a fucking." <laughs> That's but he actually one. had a good time. That's he a good, that's a good, good one. That's a good one. So, but for me, I think Uppy, what you said, first of all, I'm glad he's back healthy. But as you know, we're all retired here. I think a year removed and not playing. Let's see, he's played a lot of hockey, three cups, Olympic golds, playoffs every year. He's going to come back hungry. And for the Chicago Blackhawks yeah. and Patty Kane, especially, I think that's a very exciting thing. The fans will be back at the Madhouse in Madison. Princey, our boy for July 4th, put up a a video of the anthem during the playoffs when we were playing them. I mean, I got goosebumps watching it there. Uh, I think when the Chicago Blackhawks are good, it's better for hockey. So to Jonathan Taves, congratulations. Welcome back. Um, and man, he's just a fucking good player, isn't he, Hazy? Like, he, they showed him snapping around. He looked like he still got it. Oh, he definitely has. They, they, their skill level, that, that was one of the coolest things of being a part of that team with Patrick Sharp, Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves. Like, they, they are, as Joel Quinn would say, they like to pass that puck crispy. So having him back out there and his skill level, he's going to fit in just fine with these young guys. His skill is better than most of them. Crispy rice, spicy tuna, huh? That's what me and Richie used to, <laughs> oh, used to yeah. say. Crispy. crispy rice, spicy tuna. So good to see him back. Good for hockey. The Hawks, I mean, we'll see what they do, but... We got a segment presented by our friends at Good Life called The Rumor Mill. And Broadway... Mm-hmm. We're going to start with Chicago. You talked about moving pieces. You talked about Hall of Fame guys, guys that are going to have their jersey in the rafter. Jonathan Taves is one of those. This guy is one of those too, Duncan Keith. Um, there's been some speculation since last week that him and Chicago are working together to get him out of there to move on. Seattle or Edmonton are the teams I'm hearing. Uh, Broadway, we'll start with you. Is he going to move? Should he stay in Chicago? And if he does, which team, Seattle or Edmonton, do you think he fits in better with? Uh, I you know I love the rumor mill and Duncan Keith having a guy like that. I think if it's between those two teams of Seattle and Edmonton, I think Edmonton is the better fit for him. I think they're the more complete team. I don't think Seattle is going to be like a Vegas and he's a guy that's won and he can, and he probably still wants to continue to win. And I think Edmonton has the better opportunity over the two and to continue with that rumor mill. If this happens, I'm telling you right now, Seth Jones is going to end up on the Chicago Blackhawks somehow. People were chirping my tweet the other day, but Whoa. you need to realize you're moving a piece. It's called a salary dump to whoever that kid was that chirped me, and that's why Seth Jones would be able to come. I know Columbus is not in the fucking West, but that's called dumping salary so you can make room for a guy like Seth Jones. Broadway, don't let them get to you, buddy. Don't let them get to you. Listen, I woke up <laughs> I woke up when I said Matthew to Chuck to fucking St. Louis. I woke up. I thought I was playing in Vancouver back in the day. It was just like vroom, people from Cowtown being like, oh, Brian, you're a fucking idiot. Your podcast sucks and you know nothing. I'm like, easy, boys. Easy, easy, easy. <laughs> so don't let them get to you, Hazy. Don't let them get to you. Yeah, Hazy, the only th- a genius. Hazy, the only thing about that is, is the salary dump, yes, but Duncan Keith has been underpaid forever, so... 
Yeah. I look at I look at that salary dump to bring in Seth Jones, who's arguably a top ten defenseman in the league, um, who's demanding a payday. I I think it it could happen, but it's it's definitely not dollar for dollar situation. No. To, and to me, Duncan Keith at this stage of his career, he's done it all. He's won the Norris. He's sure, I think has he won a Con Smythe? Sure he's has. Fucking, yeah. He won it that year. The sure has. Fuck, he's he got played, three cups. He played thirty he's minutes a night the whole playoffs that year. He won the Con Smythe. Literally, he played thirty minutes every night for the whole I'm, all four rounds. It was insane what he did. To me. He's done it all. He's like the Scott Niedermeyer, modern day Scott Niedermeyer to me. I think he goes to a hometown situation where Seattle is. He gets, you know, an A or a C on his jersey there. And he he experiences what it's like to play on the West Coast for him close to his home, couple hour drive into, into Vernon or Kelowna. Um, you know, he's around his little kid. To me, that's that's the spot. I think Seattle would be crazy not to make that happen. Um, because his presence on the ice, like you guys know, is is one of hard work, championships, and and quality skating, always making the right play. Uh, Duncan Keith, to me, would be great on the Seattle crack. Scoopsy, I love that you got Seth Jones going to the Blackhawks, because if that happens, their offense is fucking through the roof. I mean, we should have been betting the overs all year on the Hawks, and their defense is in one. But if you throw Seth Jones in there, even losing Keith, that's interesting, Broadway. We'll see if that happens. Um, for me, well, there's rumors that he wants to go there too. Yeah, like, no, he I've heard be a Blackhawk. I heard he wants to play in Chicago, Colorado, or Dallas. Is would be his three choices. But yeah, that's why it's the rumor mill, Scoopsy. We're throwing rumors around. <laughs> for, for me, I think Duncan Keith and Oppie. I don't disagree with what you're saying. Go to Seattle, but for me, if you have the opportunity to go play with Connor McDavid in Edmonton and maybe go in there and be the reason to help this guy win a Stanley Cup, I, I don't know. You don't get an opportunity to play with. Elite players like that, probably, you know, maybe the best hockey player I've ever seen play the game. So for me, if you can go in there to Edmonton, help him win a Stanley Cup, it could be like icing on the cake for his uh, for his career. But either spot, I think will be a great fit for him. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, our boys at the Fourth Period Magazine, there was an article I read yesterday um, about Landis Cog. If he doesn't sign with the Colorado Avalanche, the St. Louis Blues are interested. Now, last time I did a rumor with the St. Louis Blues, the shit hit the fan up. But what do you think? You think Landis Cog, if he doesn't resign with Colorado, him and Factor played together when Landy won the Calder Trophy. I was there. They had great chemistry. They're good buddies. Would that be a good fit? Yeah, I think so. And I think Doug Armstrong's been known to make quality, like, out-of-the-blue moves, uh, ones that help his team. And I, I think that that help him now. I think they're still in a win-now situation if they can – if they can sort out this, you know, this, this summer, I think the Schwartz, you know, where's Schwartz going to go? Is Tarasenko going to provide them a list of teams that he wants to go to? And can they move him? You know, can they dump, you know, seven and a half million dollars in salary from him to, to bring in a guy like Landy? Um, you know, you look up and down the lineup, they got done that they could probably move uh, to, to provide some room for salary cap. Um, but to me, Gabriel Landeskog is a guy that has been, you know, the heartbeat of the Colorado Avalanche, Obi. You know this. Yeah. You've been with him. Um, although he's played with O'Reilly, I, I don't think Colorado's in a, in a position to let him go. Yeah. I think that they they should be playing in the Stanley Cup final right now if if they, you know, didn't run into a buzzsaw in Vegas, which we were there for, which was where we also had a buzzsaw in Vegas. Fucking <laughs> um, Vegas. So, so, man, I think Colorado's got to make that work. And to me, St. Louis would be a lucky, uh, a lucky landing spot if, if they could get a guy like him. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens over the next couple of weeks. Free agency's coming up, so that's exciting. But 
But to me, man, he is the captain of the Colorado Avalanche. You don't let your captains go. Yeah. Look at what happened to St. Louis. They just let their captain go. Um, and, and I'm not saying that that's the exact same situation. He went for a nice payday and Petro is much different than, than Landy, but, um, Colorado is right there. They are in win now mode and you don't give up your cap, in my opinion. Yeah. And Uppy, that's literally what I was going to say. I just, that's why it's the rumor mill, but I, I do not see Gabriel, Gabriel, Gabriel Landeskog being, uh, not re-signed in Colorado because he's, he's, you give him what he wants. And I think he's the type of guy that's not going to take a payday. That's going to put the avalanche in a bad spot. I'd be shocked to see him moved in the next couple of weeks. I, I agree. I think, I think the abs are, they're not going to let Joe Saki. It's not going to let Gabriel Landeskog walk out of town. However, it is a business. You know, we try to make as much money as we can so we can fucking travel like the updog around the fucking country, you know, around the, around the planet. But I think just having kids and traveling around. Yeah. That's fucking flying everywhere. Having kids. I think the Colorado Avalanche resign him, but if he can't resign him, boys, listen, I saw them play as rookies, O'Reilly and Landis Cog, right? They had chemistry right away. They're both, their game, it fits each other. They're both not speedsters. Landy can go get pucks, can see the ice. So I think he resigns, but if he doesn't, I'm sure uh, uh, Uppy's boy Army will be calling him. So we'll see what happens, but Colorado, you better sign Landy. Um, another rumor mill, Oliver Ekman Larson. Uh, rumor has it he's done in Phoenix. Now, boys, this is a big cap hit. He's making like eight bananas, isn't he, Broadway or something? 8.25 for another six years. That's a, whew, that's wow. a, that's a lot of bananas. <laughs> six years. Um, is, he done in, is he done in Phoenix, Broadway, or is that contract going to keep him there? Or, and if he is done, is there a spot you might see him land? Or, or what are your thoughts on Oliver Ekman Larson? Um, I, I feel like he's done. This was It all started last year. They're, I think they're going to move on, but... It might be in a situation where Arizona needs to eat that money. I don't know if they're still in that, if they want to be in that position where they, they, they were the team that always pick up guys to eat salary like Boland and Hosa, and they just let that, that kind of melt there. But if if he was to leave, I mean, there's, there's lots of rumors that teams like Philly, Chicago, and Florida would be in the mix for him. But obviously Boston's in the mix for every single name, I feel like. But I just don't see how they're going to be able to make it work because they got to re-sign uh, Carlo and the next year McAvoy's up. So McAvoy's going to be the $8 million D man on that team. I don't think Ekman Larson will be, but um, yeah, I would love to see him get traded to a team like Florida. I think that team would be unbelievable with uh, that back end. They already have to add a guy like him because he is only 29, 30 years old. Everyone thinks he's old because he's been in the league forever, but I feel like that relationship in Arizona is coming to an end. Yeah. I played with this kid when he was a rookie boys and he had potential that was sky high. And has he lived up to it all? Maybe not. A couple of years. But yes, but he is a guy in a different situation that can change your team drastically, change them now, change your power play, change the minutes that your other guys have to eat. You know, he's a he's a he's a minute monster. He can he can straddle the line like no one's business. He's got a great shot. He always puts the puck in the right spots for guys like you, Jimmy, to tip him. Um, so put him in the right, put him in the right team, in the right spot. You're going to get a lot of people. You're going to get a lot of pieces back because he's a quality player. You get a lot of young draft picks, and and you're going to have to take some salary. But um, I, I I like the move. I think I think he should be on the move. I think he should play in a hockey market. I think he yeah. should be a guy that we see in the playoffs and and get seen on national TV a lot more. Um, so you know, this is something with these Swedish defensemen boys. They're you know they're always fucking. They're tall. They fucking shoot the puck well. <laughs> they they're they're going deep in the playoffs. Um, 
You know, good the suits, Headmans, the good Lidstroms, suits, the Carlsons, these guys, they do it all. Who's their skating coach? I got. I wish I met that guy five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree. I think it's time for him to move on. There's just been so many rumors about it for the last couple of years. Now, it's a tricky one because like Broadway said, the 8.25 cap hit's tricky. Who can fit him in? We all know it's a flat cap next year. I think Vancouver would be a great spot for him, mainly because I want Travis Green to have a fucking you know, legit defenseman like that to help out with uh, you know, Quinton Hughes, and he's got Nate Schmidt back there and a few other guys, but I think that'd be a great fit. And obviously, you talk about Swedes. Swedes, Swedes love Vancouver. I think with Hank and Danny coming on as special advisors, that could get him there. But time will tell. I mean, that's a lot of money, and that's a big cap hit. So we'll keep our eye on that one in the old rumor mill. Another one, our boy Jack Eichel. I think he's going to end up in L.A., but there's rumors that the New York Rangers and Chris Drury are still going after him, boys. My question to you, boys, if you're Kevin Adams and you're dealing with a complete shit show in Buffalo, do you trade Jack Eichel to the New York Rangers, even if you get a goaltender and three prospects or whatever? Like, is, Do you want to keep him in the East or do you get him out West, Broadway? Um, I think you trade him for your best possible deal. So if the team out West, they're going to have to make sure that, that they have the prospects and the sweetener to do it. The New York Rangers could have did this last year. The first overall pick made Jimmy Scoops famous, but they passed <laughs> on it. But I would love to see it a year later, just a year off on my prediction. But, I mean, what do the Rangers give up? you got to give up what, a first. So a, I'm hearing, help help me with the names. Georgen, is that the goalie? Georgen? Yep. 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 La, the French yep. kid, Lafreniere? La, yep. Caco Capo. Oh, yep. wow. And, and, a then was, pick. and then there was maybe one more in there. Would you do that? So that's that's yeah. basically three first rounders and a, and a, that's, a, a that's quality a, that's a tenor. First, that'd be a first round pick, the first overall pick, second overall pick, and a yeah, big yeah, time yeah, goalie yeah, yeah. prospect. So I got to give a I shout mean, out. To yeah, I think Steve Cools put that put that trade to Cooley. What do you think? I, when he said that though, it got me and Steger's attention. We we're like, holy fuck! I would maybe do that. <laughs> It's yeah, there, the I only mean, thing. Oh, sorry, I mean, sorry, go ahead, buddy. No, I and I, I'm just thinking. I'm, I'm looking into the fucking sky right now, going like, <laughs> how, how do you give up all that, all that fucking youth? But he's the best player to me right now in the trade. Dave Poyle told me years ago when Joe Thornton got traded from Boston to San Jose, he asked me like, I don't know if he was coming in to test my mind, but he's like, what do you think of the trade? I'm like. Fuck, I don't know. It seems like Joe Thornton's the better player out of the trade. And so San Jose probably wins. He goes, you win the trade when the best player out of the group of guys that are moving is on your fucking team. <laughs> so basically, that would be a great trade for for New York if they want to win now. But are they in win now mode? I guess that's something to see if you're giving up a lot of youth. <laughs> they are sliding win- those guys to Buffalo. They but are the biggest win- they are win now. The biggest issue with the Eichel right now is that injury because no yeah. one's ever had that surgery he's doing. So our team's going to be a little gun shy. I, I say no because Jack Eichel is one of the most dynamic players in the league. And I think if he's available, yeah, you, you pretty much give up give up the house for him. It's a great point by both of you. Oppie, great point by you. Get the best player available. And the injury, I think, is the biggest thing with Ike's. Like, we'll see how that works out. I still think he was going to end up in L.A., but that trade, that shout-out to Cools that he proposed yesterday, I was like, how do you not? If you're Kevin Adams, you can't turn that down. No. I mean, that that, no, that, that makes your team better right away. So um, Maybe our, throw in a couple of Victoria's Secret models sent him to Buffalo. <laughs> Good luck with that. Just a couple of those New York models. Good luck with North. Good luck with that. Good luck getting a Victoria's Secret model in Buffalo. But um, the last little rumor mill here, Broadway. This is for you, Connor Garland. 
He had 12 goals this year, and then before we got on the air, you told me he had 20 last year, so I'll give him benefit of the doubt. This kid, he wants five times five or something. I'm like, sell down, bud. But there's also rumors that Boston could be a good fit for him. Do you see him going there? And if so, he probably has to take a little bit less to be a Boston Bruin, right? He is an RFA, so yeah. if there's an offer sheet or something like that, who knows what's going to happen? Well, I mean, with the players that have been available before with no offer sheet, I can't see an offer sheet going for Connor Garland, but... He has established himself the last two years as a great player, and he's he's proven himself. He plays hard. He's on the smaller side. He scores goals. I think he'd be great fit in Boston. He plays that high-energy game almost similar to Marshan. I don't think he has as much bite as Marshan does. No. But for Boston to make that work, they're gonna make they got to make sure they re-sign a centerman, and Krejci would be a great option. But you got to be able to find – he's a winger, so you're going to have to find a guy to get him the puck. But five years at – Five million. I don't know if he's, but if he wants to come home, take a hometown discount. I mean, he'd be a great fit in Boston. I just can't see how they're going to find the money. Maybe Jake DeBrus gets sent back over to Arizona. Yeah, maybe some salary there. Maybe yeah. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I think he's a good player. Listen, he plays bigger than he is. He's a little bit of a water bug. Uppy, I just I'm sick of these fucking guys getting all this money right away. A guy's been in the league for 160 fucking games. Yeah, yeah. Like, come on, man. You're right. Five buddy. years for five million. You're right. Down, and, bud. and to me, sell down. To me, it's so easy. It's so easy your first couple of years when no one knows who you are, and you, and you know, you come in and you, you got that confidence that you had in junior and fucking college, and then all of a sudden things get tough. You know, you you have a bad year, and all of a sudden you're like, oh shit, this coach wants me to start grinding, and then all of a sudden you're five for five, being this guy that, you know, you just had two good years, and and it fucks the whole salary up, <laughs> screws guys that really deserve money. So it's a great point, and fuck. it's a great point by you, Uppy, because. The grass isn't always green on the other side, right? I mean, you're out in Phoenix. You know, life's good out there in Scottsdale, right? No media, no pressure. Hey, you sign in Boston. You don't score for two weeks. You got the fucking boys like Hazy from Dorchester being all over you. So you got to like, <laughs> right? Like, it, it's kind of something to think I'm gonna about. I'm going to be after him. They were after me. I'm getting after him if he goes two weeks. I went fucking 50 games, I think. So he's got a little leeway <laughs> in two games. Two exactly. Weeks. So, boys, that was fun. That was the Rumor Mill presented by our good friends at Good Life. Um... Boys, the Montreal Canadiens, they've had an unbelievable run here. We're going to have 32 teams in the NHL next season. My question to you is, are we good with 16 teams? Should we have a playing game? Do more teams deserve to get in? Because look at what Montreal's doing. They got in, now they're in the Stanley Cup Finals. Or do you guys like just a 16-team traditional playoff run? I think, I'm just going to throw this outside the box. I think you add like a Premier League, Champions League situation where, where the play-in is a home and a home game. Okay. And goals on the road count as two. Goals at home count as one. Two games, so you both play in your own building. And yes, you make that you make that like a maybe a four team competition. And it it takes that you know one week before the playoffs actually start. With these teams got to play you know each other, and that gives them a disadvantage into the first round. So those teams that that deserve, you know, the top teams in the league. They deserve to play a team that just had to play a two-game battle in, you know. But it gives a chance for these teams who want to go on these glory runs like Montreal's been doing this year. It gives them a chance to uh, to, to get in and be the, you know, the spoiler. Um, but also a chance for the NHL to create a little more revenue, a little more money. Um, but you, we'll see. It, it takes away, you know, it might take away the integrity of what the Stanley Cup playoffs have been and what the regular season actually means. And that, I think, you know, was questioned this year in the NBA um, because, you know, we've never had play-ins. But it's, it's time to open up some, 
some Pandora's boxes into what might change and help the game for the better good. And, and Obi, that's a great question. I think it's going to be addressed at some, at some point uh, management meetings and, and by the NHL, but it's a great point. I think it, it's uh, something that we should look at. I, I love the idea of a plan and it's, and main reason I love it too, is like, for example, this year, the New York Rangers, they were probably one of the hottest teams in the league right after the trade deadline and they missed the playoffs barely could have snuck in. And that's a team that if they make the playoffs, that'd be a tough draw as, as the number one seed getting a team like the New York Rangers. So, I mean, a play-in to me is a great idea for the NHL, along with all those reasons I'll be just stated. And it gives those teams that make those late pushes to, you know, try to see what they can do. I agree with both of you. I'll be great point by you. Way I think outside the box, buddy. That's a really cool idea. I, I'm all for a play-in game, man. If you can give me a game seven mentality, if it's for the eighth and final playoff spot, if it's eight versus nine, or however you want to do it, if you can give me a game seven with all the eyeballs on it before the NHL playoffs start, I'm all for it. But it, it, it's a good debate because it's it's hard to get in the playoffs, as we all know. And there's teams that if you get in, stuff can happen like the Montreal Canadiens. And speaking of the Montreal Canadiens, there's people saying that the referee has been so bad in the NHL playoffs that the NHL is getting what they deserve with the Montreal Canadiens being in the finals. They probably should have got swept. Tampa hit 17 goal posts last night. Is this what the NHL deserves? Are they getting what they deserve because the refs let these guys play? Or, or what are your thoughts on that, fellas? I just want to say the refing has been really fucking bad. And it was last night. Yes, Tampa got five power plays and didn't score on one. Although they absolutely peppered the posts and peppered the fucking side of Carey Price's head. But, like, for example, the Braden Point play in the second period, coming down the wall, getting absolutely held beyond held. It was like, you know, one of the boys who who just holds on to the girl at the bar and just does not let go. One of those Flowers. Guys. Larry Flowers? Basically. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so this guy comes Clear down the wall, flowers. getting held. <laughs> and then just gets absolutely tries to get murdered by webs. And I actually love that hit. I think that's, you know, if you can fucking catch a guy – and change the momentum of a series and it'd be a clean hit. Go for it. But it was a hold. Then it was a charge. So there's no call on the play. I just, to me, they, they wanted a game five, the NHL, 100%. And they got it. But to me, Tampa's the much better team. Very hard to sweep in the NHL finals. I, I can't remember the last time it happened. I remember Philly getting swept years ago, years ago, years ago. Maybe LA but, did um, it, I think. New Jersey, like 2000. No, they beat them in five. The last yeah, team to get it, swept was fucking, I know this. Give me a second. Was it Colorado over it Florida? Was, I remember Eric Lindros getting swept in the finals back against Detroit. Detroit but Obi, that's yeah. probably after it. No, you're right. Yeah, you might be right, Uppy. You might be right. Um, I just remember it because at the time, I, I just, fuck, I remember watching it at my house being like, am I going to get this a series to watch? And nope, fucking swept. Anyway, um, <laughs> Okay, so I, I just say basically, and, and and in saying that, the refs, like, just figure it out. Coach the coach. Ref the fucking game and, you know, let the cards fall where they fall. And Steger and I, and we talked about this last week, but uh, at, at times, you know, they're they're refing the fucking business of it. And I, I don't think that's the right play. And and to me, Tampa's going home to win this thing in five. But it's, it's you know, let the refs fucking just do what they do. Ref the game. Yeah, I see. I, I agree, Uppy. I, I feel like the last night they were playing into that, make this thing a series. But on the on the other side of it, Montreal has done a hell of a job with their penalty kill. So that right there, to me, has gone to prove that when you have a penalty kill and a goalie like Carey Price, I mean, the power plays, I think power plays clicking at like 
that that's a team that's shown that they can win in the playoffs. So has the referee been brutal? Yes, but has Montreal answered the bell when they down a man and, and they're scoring goals and they got a goaltender? So I think Montreal has done a hell of a job to get themselves to where they are. Do I think they deserve to be there? No, I don't. But I don't know. Like when you're killing penalties at an over a 90% clip, that's very, very impressive. I'm going to say this about the fucking refs, all right? I think the biggest problem is the separation from the regular season to the playoffs. I think they need yes. to be closer. I like the way they called in playoffs. Now, saying that, there was no room in the game for Mayfield's cross-check to Kucherov in the fucking ribs. It's right in front of Chris Lee. You have to call it. But I'm telling you, boys, careful what we wish for here. Uppy, do you remember when we were in the first getting in the league and they took the hook away after the fucking lockout and the exhibition games, guys were hooking, penalty, penalty? They're going to do that with cross-checks next year, boys. You're going to see it at the start of the season and playoffs. If anyone gives that, they're going to call everything. So I think it's just, it's a slippery slope. And we'll get into that next season as it moves on forward. My question to you about the Montreal Canadiens, one last thing on them before we get in the Stanley Cup final. Next year, they're going to the Atlantic Division. Here's the Atlantic Division, if you guys forget. Ready? Buffalo, Boston, Detroit, Florida, Montreal, Ottawa, Tampa, Toronto. Does Montreal make the playoffs next year? Three teams got to make it out of there. Yeah, well, they keep Carey Price. Yeah, are they protecting Price now? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they will. I, 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 think, I like uh, Montreal's team. I think if they protect Price or not, I don't think they make the playoffs next year, especially after this long run. Like, that's a fucking good division. So, Boston's a playoff team. Yeah. Uh, Florida's a playoff team. Tampa, Toronto, Ottawa's going to be better. Buffalo's in one. Detroit's in one. But, I mean, it's going to be hard. My point, it's going to be hard for them to make the playoffs next year. Yes. And, and, and Obi, let me just ask this Yep. because it's been forever and the things have changed over COVID, but in order to make the playoffs next year, do you got to come out of your division? Top three teams, is it, is it top, top, top three teams in the division. And then the two wild cards. Correct. Make the yeah. playoffs. So yes, to me, I think they do. I think they got great youth Suzuki Caulfield right now are stepping up. I think uh, I still like their D. I like what their D are doing. Shut down D. Um, you know, they got this, that's Dino. I think they're getting him at a, at a, at a discount right now. I think he turned down last year, 30 million bucks and he signed a, a yeah, they're going to have to pay him though. They will have to pay him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to me, they get in, whether it's a top three or a wild card, they get in. Uh, you don't go on a run like this and, and, you know, just failure the next season. I think that this is a, a big step for them in the right direction and that they do make the playoffs. Boys, how about this Metro division? Sorry, I'm looking on my phone here. Hey, hey, your brother, Kevin, look at this division. New York, <laughs> Carolina, Philly, Pitt, Washington, Long Island, and then Columbus and Jersey. Like, how hard is it to be, make the playoffs in that division? Like, anyways, that's for a different time. So that, that was a fun little breakdown. Our next segment presented by Aura Rings, the Stanley Cup final. Um, Updog, let's start with you. Let's You break down Tampa. Um, just your thoughts on the game last night, the thoughts on the run. Just give us your thoughts on Tampa, fella. Tampa to me is, is playing some of the best hockey that, uh, that I've seen. You know, we, we got to see live Vegas, Colorado boys and, and the way those guys were snapping the puck around and, and skating was, was all time. But to me, John Cooper has this team playing fucking incredible hockey, fast, efficient, dumping pucks in Obi, I know you and I have, have watched games together and we realize like, you know, things that win games are, are not fucking, it's very black and white. It's, yeah. it's not fucking turning pucks over and it's getting the, getting your players, your best players, the puck. 
And sometimes that's, that's the fourth line going out there and creating, you know, havoc and, 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 you know, making plays that are just tough and strong and maybe boring, but it wins. And last night Maroon scoring a big goal, you know, to keep the game fucking going into overtime. So they're getting contributions from everybody. Uh, Kucherov, you know, the last like, couple of minutes missing that open net, like putting it off the post. It's, it could have been their game easy. They're playing great hockey. They're going home. It's very hard to win, uh, you know, in four straight. But but with the goalie Vasilevsky, uh, we know what his record's like coming off a, a loss like this. <laughs> Good luck, it's Montreal. fucking turn the lights out for me in Tampa Bay, boys. Um, I had dinner with Braden Shen last night and his and his uh, and his fiance. Uh, we and we watched the game together. We watched the second and third period. Um, and I'm even like, I'm, I'm, I'm telling him, I'm going, Hey, text Luke and tell him, put the fucking gear on. They're fucking closing this out. Then, the, then fucking, then sure enough, Montreal goes and scores to go up two one. I'm like, shit. Um, and then we go, we sit and having dinner, watching the game. And, and, and so now he's flying out to Tampa Bay and I'm like, fuck missing curfew boys. We're trying to get on the road again too. Right. It'd be nice to get in there, but they're going to absolutely shellac these Montreal Canadians in game five. I'm sure of it. And, uh, you know, to to back to back like this is is pretty pretty impressive. So a lot on the line for them. Did you see John you Cooper? Watch? Did you see John Cooper's comments after Game Three? He's talking to the boys. He's like, "Fuck, boys, what a game!" I mean, I felt like you had seven guys on the ice out there at one point. I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah, so the Montreal Canadiens, bud. So the Montreal <laughs> Canadiens." But Broadway, what were your thoughts on Game Four? First of all, the media it looked like there was th- more than 3,500 Frenchmen in that fucking building. I don't know who was working the door. It was like the same guy who was working hide back in the day. Hey, come on the side. Come in the back. Come in the back. Come in. Come in the back. <laughs> yeah. um, so, that's what I was gonna say. It looked. Yeah. It looked way way more packed. That lower bowl looked like they had almost full there but for me with with Tampa I just don't think there's going to be another night where they go 0 for 5 that's got to be the first power play that I've ever seen go 0 for 5 and still have like momentum during a game because they they had a play early in the first that play that they have from it goes up around the horn there back to Kucherov and he looks like he's going to take that one timer and he just taps it into point point buries one off the post I just think that Tampa Bay has got way too much firepower and they got guys like Johnson and Goudreau. I think we have points in every single game so far in the finals and to have that depth, that's a scary team. And Ryan McDonough to me, Fuck, is, he's playing good. He's gotta, be, he's gotta be one of the most undervalued guys in the league. And for like, speaking of captains, the New York Rangers just got rid of him, and he's been unbelievable. He made an unbelievable play for that first goal and <laughs> Vasilevsky coming off a loss is That's just that's just scary news for Montreal fans. What, what a play. Do you think McDonough saw him or did Goodrow Good was just yelling, yeah, 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 because that was a fucking sick little backhander. He didn't even look. He was, was calling perfect. for it, right? No, it was epic. Yeah, oh, yeah he had to have been screaming for that. He puck. was screaming he for it. it into an area. Yeah, 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 yeah. What a play, though. Unbelievable. McDonough, I used to think that guy was overrated. I do not think that anymore. For me, I was happy with the crowd. It looked good. Listen, I took Montreal for the lone reason that well, Broadway took Tampa, so I figured I'd, I'd, stay, <laughs> I'd, stay, I'd stay fading him. But I, I just think they worked so hard to get there. I didn't want to see him get swept. I wanted one more game. I thought the Suzuki-Caulfield-Anderson line was a great move by the coaching staff. I believe they should have done it before, maybe. It got Anderson going. Uh, Romanov, the young defenseman, listen, I think this kid's unbelievable. He hits everything that moves. I think he should have been in the lineup a little bit earlier. But let's be honest. They hit a lot of goalposts. Kucherov right at the end should have ended it. But the big rig's playing unbelievable. It's good to see a game five. It, it, it's I didn't want to see a team get swept. Updog, you said it's over in game five. Broadway, what are your thoughts? Is it over in game five? Uh, 
<laughs> what do the fans want? You guys want another game? <laughs> I can bet Tampa and it's going to be another game. No, I, 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 I can't. I'm, I'm going to say your streak comes to an end. You hammer Tampa and Tampa, the over yeah. and the over in game five and your streak's over. Yeah, I think that's the play because I, I, it's going to be it's going to be a tough feat for Montreal to go down to Tampa and beat that team. And my dad's trying to say a little conspiracy theory that Tampa wanted to win it in Tampa. So I was like, oh, yeah, they're definitely going to blow a game in the Stanley <laughs> Cup Finals to get another fifth game. But it is hard to win that fourth and final game. But, yeah, I think game five, this this hockey's coming to an end. Your your dad hasn't spent enough time in Montreal to know that that's not the right fucking mentality. <laughs> exactly. You win that fucker right, right there. Right and you there. head right over that shapery and you have a time with that cup. <laughs> as they that's say, as they say in semi-pro, corn dogs, Jackie, corn dogs. This is, yeah. it, it's over. <laughs> Game five, Tampa in the over. I'm going to hammer it. Um, hey, it's good for Tampa. You know what, Stammer? I don't want to jinx me. I do get it done. Unbelievable for him after what he went through last year to come back. And he was on missing curfew last year. We'll get him back on. If it is a, if it is over Wednesday night, boys, who gets your con Smythe vote if we had one here at missing curfew? To me, boys, I'll just step up. I think it's Kucherov all day long. Um, yes, they wouldn't have done it without Valeski, Vasilevsky. Um, but Kucherov to come up, you know, miss the whole season and come in and do what he's doing back to back thirty point seasons, um, controlling the play every time he touches the puck, he's making the right play. Hands down, Kucherov to me. Happy, I'm riding with you for all those reasons you just said. Kucherov has been unbelievable. Doesn't play one regular season game. Comes in, best player on the ice. I mean, Braden Point's been great. Vasilevsky has been great, but Kucherov has been the difference maker for me. Yeah, she's a clean, uh, clean sweep. I'm going with Kucherov as well. Just for a guy that missed the entire season and Uppy, we, th- we said he would contribute. Uh, I didn't think he'd be this good. Uh, Braden Point has been unbelievable. Vasilevsky. And for me, man, Tampa, their depth. I mean, their third line. If you look back at Stanley Cup champion teams, and maybe we'll do this next week. Maybe I'll dive in because I know the Anaheim Ducks had Robbie Niedemeyer, Sammy Paulson, Travis Mullen. You cannot oh, yeah. win a Stanley Cup without a good fucking third line. Coleman, Goudreau. And Jan Gord have been unbelievable. Um, but yeah, it's Kucherov. So we got one more game five, boys. But then I think we'll see Lord Stanley. And then it's it's offseason time. So, um, boys, that was awesome. Updog, Aspen, then when you, where are you going after that? What's your plan? I'm headed out to uh, the girl Christina's, you know, backyard. We're headed out to Sag Harbor. We we, uh, wow. we rented we, we rented our boy Kevin Shattenkirk's place. So we're in her neck of the woods where Christina's lived for the last couple of years, some great golf out there. Obes, I'm going to try to play shinny again with our board chart, Charlie Thompson. Um, nice. And uh, take in, yeah, take in some of these last fi- couple final games. But I'm hoping that tomorrow night things are things are closed. All right, buddy. That's uh, it's over. To, it's over Wednesday night, in my opinion. Broadway Jimmy scoops. The streak comes to an end. Tampa in the over, buddy. I'm telling you right now, uh, boys. Uppy missed you in the studio, but hey, what can you say? We got her done. That was missing curfew. We'll be back soon. Up dog, our boys at Good Life. You're just in New York. I got the Good Life tee on. Yeah, that's a nice new color you got. Yeah, I like May, and and it's a tan. I think it's the tan. All that all that pool work. Yeah, you've been working. yeah. The no, pickleball come, and the pool work. Do you wear your Good Life when you play pickleball? I sure do. I wear my Good Life shorts when I play pickleball. I wear my Good Life tee, and a lot of times I wear the Good Life socks when I'm out there playing. Shout out to our boys at Good Life Clothing who took care of me this weekend in New York. Obes, yeah, their store look cool. Their store is badass. Really cool. It's on Bleecker. 
Go check that out if you're in Chelsea. Uh, but these guys are setting a standard for for uh, for athletic wear, for chill wear, for going out in. You want to go to the bar, you want to have a beer. Um, but shout out to Andrew and Chris. Great vision on the product. Great vision on the delivery for everyone up in Canada. They told me they're working on due diligence to you know it's it's a little complicated some of their stuff comes in from you know from japan other stuff has come from the u.s so it's really tough to get it over the border um so we're working on that for you guys but uh there's no better stuff to wear we wear it when we're on air we wear it when we play pickleball we wear it when we're cruising down the beach um good life clothing curfew 20 uh go check it out on their website goodlifeclothing.com Hazy, well, didn't you get the bathing suits you were telling us about? How are those bathing suits you were rocking? Well, you guys didn't notice that great bathing suit I was rocking in Vegas because I was getting—I I could—I could feel the eyes on me in Vegas, boys. And those bathing suits are super comfortable, unbelievable around the waist too. Because you know, I might be putting a couple pounds on these days, but that bathing suit <laughs> made me feel good, look good, rocking good life. Doesn't get much better than that. But the one thing I just got in the mail was the summer denim snap shirt, and I think Ooh. this is this is going to be the shirt of the summer. In Cape Cod, I can tell you that for free. Good life, baby. Can't go wrong with it, up dog. Goodlifeclothing.com. Curfew 20 is our promo code. Curfew 20.